Hey everyone, Trista Ford back with another Play Around with Playbook. This week we're going to be talking to Nate Farrington, a bassist and educator. So excited to be talking to him today. So let's just give him a second to log on and then we'll go ahead and get started. I think Sammy will be joining us as well. So just sit tight for a moment. Hi, Kevin. Hi, Sammy. Hey, how's it going? It's good, Trista. How are you? I know you had a little snap for you, right, with the technology? Yes, I just just sprinted on over from the Steinhardt building to my apartment to get a charger. My uh, computer charger broke right when I needed to interview a great bassist. Unfortunate. Oh, my gosh. Are you um, at the office? I'm at Playbook headquarters, yeah. Nice, nice, nice. Right. HQ, I'm at the HQ. Let's see if, if our dear friend is joining us. He just sent a request. Okay, great. I'm excited for you guys to meet. Hi, Nathan. Hi, guys. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for joining us today. Dang, Nate, look at this beard. You're not messing around. Dude, I, I let it grow a little every day. I just gently encourage it. It's a very positive experience, you know, growth and renewal. Looking like it's, like, like it's March 2021, man. You are really... <laughs> I, he didn't I, shave it. He didn't shave it. He just kept it all the way through. Exactly right. It's years, of, years of investment to this. You know, maybe someday it'll go. It's not my beard. It's my, it's my fiance's beard. Like it's mm, that's beautiful. Fully up to her. She, cla and... she claimed it. I gotcha. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being here with us today. Um, oh I'm going to go ahead and introduce you to the playbook audience. So Nathan Farrington has been the principal basis for the LA Opera since 2016. He regularly appears in the bass sections of many of America's top orchestras, including the LA Philharmonic, the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Chicago Symphony, the New York Philharmonic, the Cleveland Orchestra, and many more, as well as the Seattle Symphony. Get with he, it, folks, if you don't know. Look at this guy, <laughs> name that orchestra, he played with him. <laughs> he also, around, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. He also pursues chamber music and solo opportunities avidly. He has appeared at the Marlboro Music Festival the Afro Music Festival, the Olympic Music Festival, um, and the Decamera Society. Uh, wherever he is performing, Nathan makes sure to take along his trusty guitar and pair singing <laughs> and playing operatic arias and folk songs alongside his bass playing. In addition to his performance interests, Nathan is deeply interested in cinema. His LA-based audio company, Hazard Audio, connects top classical minds with the artistic minds in movie and TV production and his life in each of these fields has helped him engage in new and interesting projects highlighting the natural strengths of each of the two worlds. So thanks again for being with us today. I'm going to start us off by asking you, what have you been listening to lately? Oh, good question. I've been listening to Daphne Prieto, uh, mm -hmm. uh, a, a Latin jazz monster uh, who we've been working on a project with to bring to the American Concert Hall. And so he actually wrote a piece for one of my favorite bands called People of Earth that's based in New York City that has incredible players from, from uh, all over the world. The Canadian brass play in it, players from the, from the classical side, players who are just steeped in Latin dance music. Um, all get together and play in this band. And we commissioned Daphnis to write the band a concerto. And the thing is called Fire and is, mm. we, we workshopped it at the Special Music School in, uh, 
in New York, and then we workshopped it in San Francisco at the Conservatory with Opus 3, and then they premiered it in Louisville, and this month it's at the LA Philharmonic, and then it goes to the New World Symphony in Miami, and Daphnis is just this incredible vehicle for connecting the classical world and the jazz world, and the more I hear from him, the deeper I go. Like, mm -hmm. that, dude, that dude is serious, serious <laughs> business, and I've, it's been fun to get to know him, and I, I didn't know him before. I mean, that's... Mm -hmm. It's a different side of things than I'm used to dealing with. Yeah, mm. of course. Speaking of inspiration from other people and other sides, who inspired you to pursue bass? Like, was there a particular educator or bassist? No, my up? mother. My mother ruled with an iron fist. There was no. I was a. Uh, I was playing piano when I was three years old, and and I'm a little bit dyslexic, and we were into this situation where I. I was progressing pretty quickly in terms of uh, the difficulty level of what I was capable of playing, but my reading wasn't progressing at the same, mm. um, at the same speed. And so like, if I could memorize it, I could play some pretty hard stuff and, and was able to kind of race ahead. But I, but I was frustrated and miserable trying to read this stuff effectively. And I made everybody around me miserable as a result. Like it was just awful. You got a, a screaming three-year-old who never wants to be on it. And so my mom was like, screw it. Like bass lines are much simpler. There's one line. I've got a friend who teaches the bass. This kid's tall. Let's get him out of the piano lesson and in something else. Everybody needs a bass player. Like maybe we can get some money for college. <laughs> uh, and that was it. Like she switched me over and it just, it just worked. It just worked. Nathan, I want to, so I know Nathan for our viewers. I met him, um, my sister Molly, who you all know, Dr. Molly. She came home from a, uh, from a rehearsal with Nathan and she, she I, I never met him or anything. She was, you need to meet this guy. She's like, <laughs> he is doing to the classical world what you, you, him to classical is what you are to jazz. And he's mixing styles. He's thinking about how to present music. He's doing all this crazy stuff. Like everyone in the band plays like 40 instruments. He's <laughs> incredible at this. He's incredible at that. He sings all this stuff. And so then I went down in Nathan Farrington rabbit hole. Um, and, and, and I think it's so cool that you're bringing in all these different styles. You're, you're pulling from different genres, like all virtuosic musicians, but really thinking about performance. Um, why do you think you're not afraid to bring like, why is it that you're so different from most classical music's sensibility with this kind of stuff? Well, uh, I would say that that at the heart of what I enjoy about music, I, it sort of sounds like a like a trope, but but is, is collaboration, right? But actually, what I mean by that is that I think there's a moment in a young musician's life where the music making, if they're gonna go do it for real, if they're really gonna fall into the sort of obsession that it takes to, to dedicate your life to it, that, that, that community and identity become a part of, of who they are and what they associate with the instrument and where the instrument fits in their life, right? And, and so that's what's actually so interesting about Playbook, right? Is that, is that it very clearly expands the community opportunity and gives mm. you a chance to um, more easily plug in with other people and learn from other people. And you can spend your time virtually, not just completely alone, um, but growing. And, and so, so my answer to your question that the thing that I love about this is that moment of, 
of it affecting my identity and my and who I think I am and what I can do. And then you see other people who are talented similarly, but slightly differently. And you want to get to know who they are and you want to see how it fits with what you are. And to me, that is the, that is the fun of the whole thing. Because what's not the fun of the whole thing to me is just practicing notes that someone else prescribed for me and becoming a great line cook, you know, and reproducing someone else's dishes on the highest level. And there's nobility in that. And there's amazing teamwork that can go into doing that. But that's not the same thing as receiving other people's energy and understanding of who they are and hearing what that means and being a part of all that. And so anyway, you know, I used to carry my trusty guitar around because I because I, I had fun doing it until I met Molly. And then you receive Molly's energy as a guitar player and like you realize that the possibilities of like the way her stuff overlaps with the stuff that I love could create a whole new community and avenue and and of course, what's the risk in, in trying to chase that down? And, and so mm. anyway, that, that's, the, that's the fun of it to me. Mm. And, and so the community aspect and the personal identity that's tied up in it and the exploring and the fun when you see other talented people just rolling, you know, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, of course. And in terms of like, you're mentioning like exploring different genres, but specifically like for classroom students starting out yeah. and exploring that uh, exploring you know classical music for the first time like do you notice um any changes in musical students like exploring today versus when you started out it's a great question you know it's interesting because i went to a really buttoned up conservatory for my for my only real education after high school uh, so and and at the heart of what was prescribed at the conservatory is this really interesting notion that the score itself is the there's an almost religious reverence given to what's on the page particularly those classical masters and and i think as you delve into their accomplishments and coming up with music that they came up with you understand how that works and and it but it promotes this idea that you are but a simple vessel through which their genius can flow and I took a look at that, and I actually think it's sort of a healthy place for students to start, maybe a little bit, um, because you, you, it imposes a lot of rules, and it imposes a lot of guidelines, and it takes your ego out of the equation for a while while you get better at the instrument. But then eventually it dawns on you that, that the instrument is an expressive tool that's meant not to deliver just simply the genius of Beethoven or Bach, but rather is there to help me express my relationship with Beethoven and Bach. And I think that's the crux of, like that's like the biggest epiphany that I've had as a musician since I left school. That, that what does live music actually provide? What is, what's, you have YouTube right now where you can go find a hundred years of people playing this music beautifully. Mm -hmm. And so what is the point? Like, why is it important to get up and go experience something in a live way? And I don't believe that it's just the difference in the sonic nature of speakers. It's not that. It's the energy of the performers putting their relationship with the music on display. And you go there to feel that. And you go there to see if it means something to you. And you go there to determine what it means to you. And that's the, I think that's the only thing that live music really has to offer. And so mm. I would say that's been the big development in my thinking. I don't want to see Sammy just channel his favorite jazz guy's tune. I want to see Sammy's interaction with that tune. And I want to feel his ideas in that tune. And I want to judge him 
for it and and see what it did to me and see what it did to the music and it's the only real excuse i think meaningful excuse to me about about why we should invest in live music <laughs> okay nathan i want to ask you we've never done this before i want to try a speed round here i'm playing around with playbook okay yes. this is just first instinct total <laughs> you know I, no filter okay favorite orchestra in the world philadelphia orchestra what symphony do you listen to most? Um, pictures at an exhibition. A book all musicians should read. Oh, um, I don't. I don't. Uh, I guess. I guess they should read like the the Aldwell Schachter, you know, <laughs> counterpoint guide to blah. I don't, you know. I, <laughs> Airline, airline best for musicians. No, you know what the, you know what the real answer for that should be. It should be like it should be like the inner game of tennis. I think, you know, I, I think that's a really interesting one about the inner ego game. and performing. Yeah. Okay, great. And airline best for musicians to use. Southwest. <laughs> favorite venue you've performed at. Hmm. Favorite venue that I've performed at. I guess Disney Concert Hall is a pretty neat spot. Awesome, awesome. Well, that concludes our speed round. Good, <laughs> good, good, uh, How good about you, Sammy? What's your favorite venue? My favorite venue? Um, that's, that's a great question. Um, Newport Jazz was, was special. Sure. I like playing at the woods here in Brooklyn. Like, very low stakes, very fun. I've said a lot of ratchet stuff. Jazz Texas in Texas. Okay. In San Antonio. So how, how about your favorite big band? You, you're asking the question? Yeah, speed round. This is the Nathan Farrington interview. Yeah, I want to do the speed round again. Big band Ellington, no, no question. No question. So it's Ellington. It's okay. And, and what about for, for drums travels? What airline? Delta. Oh, interesting. Mm. Yeah, it's, a, it's, a, it's its own interesting journey, right? Figuring out how to travel effectively with that. Controversial, <laughs> controversial topic, which airline to use. But thank you for answering our speed round. So I want to ask you um, our final question. Why do you feel platforms like Playbook are so important for young students today? Community and identity. It's, I, I, tried to, I think the answer is, is one I gave earlier. Mm. I mean, the, the, the communal aspect is what sustains you when you're not fabulous at the instrument but you're pursuing it with all your might it's that that communal pursuit of being able to express yourself it's a long pursuit and you have to have something sustaining you during that time and the thing that sustains you is is other people pursuing it as well and it becoming part of who you are and it becoming part of who they understand you to be and uh it as a vehicle to promote that side of things is is invaluable because that is, it is a slog inside that practice room alone when you're young and when you're not that capable on the instrument it can be rough um, i think that i think that playbook is an incredibly versatile tool for for that moment in time mm. yeah of course. Development. thank you so much for that answer um, and thank you for being here with us today and um answering all of our questions. It was great to talk to you. Everyone go follow Nathan and keep up with him at the Warren Music Center and also with the Los Angeles uh, Philharmonic. Um, and uh, follow Playbook at Playbook Jazz and this is playbook.com. So I'm gonna sign off now and thanks again. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye, Nate. Bye guys.